This week on The Clubhouse, we continue our stadium series as we discuss the home of the Washington Nationals, Nationals Park. Anthony is currently touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he's coming to your town. Over the next several months, Anthony and I will be dedicating one episode to every single team and we'll be discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across this country to attend a game at all 30 ballparks. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our regular episodes that we'll be dropping every couple of weeks or so. This episode was recorded in my apartment in New York City. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! And he's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball, left field, it's deep! It's way back! The Tigers are going! Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I am Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. I'm wearing my Cubs hat. (laughs) On today's very special episode of the Clubhouse Podcast, we are going to be discussing, discussing or discussing the Washington Nationals and Nationals Park. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, first of all... um, I, when we walked into the the, the plaza area, there they have these the, they have the, the 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 old presidents with the huge heads, and um, <laughs> yeah, the, first, the, the 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 normal sized people dressing in mat in, in outfits with huge. I don't know if they're foam. I don't know exactly what they're made out of, but massive presidents' heads. So there's Thomas Jefferson and uh, you know George Washington and. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. And, and Abe Lincoln? Abe Lincoln. Yeah. I believe there's one more, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so at first I was like, what is that? But then I kind of warmed up to them a little bit. I thought that they were actually kind of funny. I think you wanted to get your picture taken with them, but you were too embarrassed to ask. But I, 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 I did shoot an Instagram photo, which I don't know, maybe you can put a link up on the website. Yeah, yeah it'll be on clubhousepodcast.com. And there were a couple of kids that were that seemed pretty delighted by them. Well, you know, they, they do at Nationals Park, um, they do, which now pretty much every ballpark, or at least most ballparks do, some variation of, which I believe, you know, I'm going to look that up and put it on clubhousepodcast.com. I'm relatively certain that Milwaukee was the first stadium to do with their sausage races. Um, I'm pretty sure they were first. I can't remember if someone predated them, but the, the Nationals have perfected that art with the president's race where Teddy for years had never won and they always had the other presidents figuring out some way to trick him into losing or to trip him or to, you know, distract him with a pie or whatever they had, you know, they just, they, it was always, and it is, you know, look, at the end of the day, as much as I'm an old fart and I'm an old tradi- baseball traditionalist and, and I'm an old 95 year old man. I'm also a carny, and I absolutely love the silliness and the wackiness and just the randomness at a ballpark. So I embrace it. Bring on the, the you know, actually on the, uh, I can't remember actually. We'll see if it's on the roundingthird.net uh, Nationals Parks page, but I'm pretty sure that I know I got a picture of um, 
I went underneath the stadium and uh, I got a tour of inside the park and I got a picture of the heads in storage, just creepily oh. hanging on oh. the wall. <laughs> oh. Oh. It was, it's the thing nightmares are made of. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like the, the ballpark is a little nondescript. Um, it's not bad. It's not great. Um, it's sort of set, set. It feels like it's sort of set into the ground somehow. Well, DC's a swamp. Yeah. So, I so, mean, it's, it's, uh, there's no view to speak of that I could notice. No, I mean, unfortunately, we went to a day game there, correct? Yeah, yeah we went I mean, to a day game. Then, and, you know. and no, no, you're right. No, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've been to Nationals Park now several times and, and, I've had a very different experience every time I've been there. And I was like, I do like it better at night. Um, the big W uh, glows red and looks really, really nice at nights. And the atmosphere there is a little bit nicer. It's also, depending on when you go, it can be a little cooler there as opposed to the crazy hot summers that happen in uh, D.C. Well, we were there in, the, in, the, in April. Yeah, we were there so when it was cold. cold. Yeah, yeah, when it was actually uh, uh, chilly out. But it's, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you about Nationals Park. Um they're a new franchise, obviously, and so they really don't have a lot of history to call their own. And not only that, but they're located in a city that doesn't have a lot of, of citizens that were born and raised in that city that have that city pride that are going to want to, you know, uh, root for. This is a transient city? It is an yeah. absolute transient city. You know, the overwhelming majority of people that live there, college students, in, you know, uh, interns at, on, on Capitol Hill or the Senate, you know, politicians, et cetera, people that are just from all across the country. And so it's, it's, it's what I like about it is, so they have this place that you and I, unfortunately, I don't think got a chance to really uh, spend too much time in, but they have this place called the red porch, uh, which is like the red porch restaurant and it's in center field. And what you can do there is you can buy pretty much the cheapest ticket you can get, you know, whatever the cheapest ticket you can get, you can buy that. And then you can just go hang out in the red porch, uh, in center field, which gives you a pretty decent view of the ballpark and get some food and drinks and, I think they did that so they could try to create some real fans from the transient college kids and interns, the young 20-somethings. And so I think that, that Nationals Park is something that's going to have to develop an identity. I don't think they have one yet. You know, um, when I was there, they had, for the first time, they had all these pictures of the legends of baseball. So your Ty Cobbs, your Babe Ruth's, your, you know, basically all of the Hall of Famers, but that had nothing to do with the Nationals. They had those all over the walls, which I thought, okay, you're embracing baseball in general if you don't, if you can't celebrate yourself. But when we went, there is now some stuff embracing DC baseball. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the congressional game mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. things like that. So they're slowly trying to to find their place in the world. I think. Yeah, I just, it, it's a little you know it's a little generic. I guess it is. Yeah. I, I I would not disagree with you on that. Is that you know it's just it's to be honest with you, there's not really much to say about it, positive or negative. You know, it's just kind of that. That's it. It's just kind of there. It's yeah. just it's it's a baseball stadium. You know, it's better than RFK. You know, I got a job. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I got a chance to go to the first ever game um, at Nationals or at RFK when the Nationals moved from Montreal and the old Senators came out and, and took their old positions and the Nationals came out, the new, the current Nationals players came out and took their positions. And uh, I got to sit behind George W. And it was a, it was a stadium that was falling apart. And that had, that was just, it, it, the, the ground would literally shake when the fans would go crazy. So the Nationals Park is infinitely better than RFK. Yeah. I think it's interesting that just the history of Washington, D.C. baseball. Um, 
that the senators became the twins and then the senators came back and then they became the Texas Rangers and then the Expos from Montreal became the Washington National. I think it's sort of a strange It is, you know, uh, Byzantine history. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. I just you know, I was of the mind when I lived in DC before the Nationals came to town that uh, you can't have Baseball can't exist if it doesn't exist in, in D.C. I always kind of felt like it's this is a joke. I mean, growing up, Damn Yankees was one of my favorite musicals. You know, I just I love, you know, D.C. needs to have baseball. It's America's pastime. How can I be in America's capital? I'm hoping that they stick around this time and they, they don't leave. I, I think they will. I think well, that I think they've established themselves well enough. Now, well, I think right? so, too. Well, I mean, you never know. It's 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 been uh, well, as of this recording, it's been, what, 10 years now? Um, I believe it's, uh, yeah, I mean, so they've been around, 2005 was their first year. Yeah. And they've been to the postseason. Yeah, so, know. I mean, we'll see what, what they can do long term. But uh, uh, I think with that, you know, we're going to keep this one a little bit short just because there's not too much. I mean, is there, is there anything specific about Nationals Park that you'd like to say? You know, it's all right. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, you middle, know. Middle tier. Middle tier. Okay, so it's not lower tier. It's just it's middle, middle to low. Mid, low end of middle. Okay. Cool. Once again, I, and it's not really their fault. It's just there's yeah. not really there's not really much to to speak of. I will say though, the bullpen outside, they've got this thing. Which once again, since it was a day game, we went to it was kind of not uh, the right atmosphere for us to go to. But after the game, there is um, this place called the bullpen, which is kind of this. I can't remember if there's like if it's like a shipping yard or it's just it's this huge empty space that uh, turns into basically a post-game tailgating section with a, with a stage and with tailgating games and with beer and with food and with, it's just a, a huge, great party atmosphere. So, you know, a couple thousand people after a game will hang out by the stadium and still party and have fun. And so for a night game there, once again, in a college town, they seem to really be embracing that side of, of uh, the game and of the, of, of the experience, I should say, of going to the game. So uh, with that, I'm going to lead you into our uh, my, my rounding third episode about my first experience at Nationals Park. Um, I interviewed a couple, a young couple who kind of did teach me all about the transient lifestyle in uh, D.C. and kind of their burgeoning fan base, the, the new growing fan base. So I uh, hope you enjoy that episode and we will see you next time here in the clubhouse. Welcome to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jain. In today's episode, I head to our nation's capital to check out Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. In the Baltimore Orioles episode of the podcast, I mentioned that I'd lived in D.C. briefly from the years of about 2002 to 2005. Uh, at the time, I worked for ESPN, and this was before the Nationals came to town, although I was there for the inaugural season at old RFK Stadium. In fact, I went to the first ever game at RFK Stadium and sat behind then-President George W. Bush. I remember annoying anybody that would listen to me about how flabbergasted I was that for over 30 years our nation's capital didn't host our national pastime. That made absolutely no sense to me. The history of Washington, D.C. baseball is a bit complicated and involves the Minnesota Twins and the Texas Rangers and the Washington Senators and... All I have to say is that the Washington Senators at a certain point were so big that they spawned a Broadway musical. Damn Yankees was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid, and I listened to that soundtrack to this day. In fact, I found myself singing and humming You Gotta Have Heart everywhere I was walking around the city. So in 2005, finally, baseball comes back to D.C. 
Now, they had to play at RFK Stadium for the first couple of years, but I was lucky enough to get a ticket to that first game through my work at ESPN. During that game, they had all the old surviving Senators come out and take the field, and then the new Nationals, the former Expos, take their place as the new Washington baseball team. It was a pretty incredible experience. And say what you will about RFK Stadium, I know it wasn't the prettiest stadium. It was large, it was expansive, it, you know, it was pretty boring. But when the team was playing well, that place rocked. It would sway back and forth in the stands. You could feel them rumbling underneath you. Sadly, you didn't feel that rumble too often because the National just weren't putting a winning team on the field for the first couple of years. But that's all changed. I ended up meeting some really great people at Nationals Park, uh, two of which are uh, John and Stacy. John is a lifelong baseball fan. Stacy's actually not that big of a fan at all. But they come to the games together, and they both enjoy themselves in very unique and different ways. You can hear my interview with them at the end of this podcast, but for now I just want to get into some of the things that I really liked about Nationals Park. It opened back in 2008, and because of the weird lineage of Washington baseball, you got the Expos, you got the Twins, you got the Rangers, you got the Senators, you have a lot of different franchises that have a claim to being you know, a Washington, D.C.-based baseball team. The Nationals don't have a lot of history to call their own. But because of that, throughout the stadium, they've got a lot of great monuments to kind of the legends of baseball in general. I went to this game with a buddy of mine, Josh, and he and I disagreed on this point. I really like like the fact that baseball stadiums can appreciate the history of teams that aren't necessarily their own. You know, baseball's got that legacy and that history that just needs to be appreciated. You know, even if I'm not a Yankees fan, I can obviously appreciate a Mickey Mantle or a Gehrig. Even though I'm not a Washington Senators fan, you better believe that growing up, I idolized Walter Big Train Johnson. I'm not entirely sure what the equation is, but I know that at a certain amount of time, your rivalries and your animosity towards a certain player or a certain team sort of just melts away. Right now, you'll never see me really cheering on a member of an opposing team if they're playing my Tigers. But fast forward 10, 15, 20 years, and I'll finally be able to appreciate how good they actually were. I spent the majority of the 90s and 2000s absolutely loathing Chipper Jones. But you know what? Last season... I got a little bit choked up when I saw him doing his retirement tour. I finally appreciated what exactly he did bring to the game. And the same thing's happened to me with Mariano Rivera, and I'm sure the same thing's going to happen to me with Derek Jeter eventually. At a certain point, you have to appreciate what these guys have brought to the game. We're going to take just a brief break so that Anthony and I can tell you about our first giveaway. I have a 2016 baseball stadium's wall calendar for sale through TF Publishing. They're available at Amazon.com, Calendars.com, as well as your local Meyer Big Lots, Stop and Shop and more. I'll include all this info about how you can purchase one of my uh, calendars at my website, roundingthird.net. But for now, Anthony has a very exciting announcement to tell you all about. So uh, we're going to have our first giveaway. It's a giveaway contest. Here, It's very simple. Uh, we are always looking for more trivia questions to ask our our guests for their for the game that we play at the end um so if you have any cool trivia questions about your favorite team or about any team that you love or anything send them to us please at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or on twitter at clubhouse pod and we will look through those and if we wind up using one of your questions we will give you a free 
signed wall calendar. And it will be signed by Manish, who was the photographer. He will sign the Detroit Tigers, Comerica Park picture. And I will sign the Wrigley Field picture because I am a diehard Cubs fan. So send us your questions, please. And uh, good luck. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with the lawyer who cleaned up baseball, Charles Sheeler. He is an utterly fascinating man. In this clip, Charles talks to us about his experience in the Roger Clemens congressional hearings. Well, they brought Clemens back. I sat next to him at a hearing, um, and on the other side was his trainer, Brian McNamee, who yeah. had who had uh, provided him with the, the steroids, which of course Roger denied. But basically, I was put there as sort of a, a potted plant to keep these two guys apart so they didn't like start strangling each other. Yeah. And it was like the worst middle seat you ever had on an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just um, the, <laughs> the tension between these two guys was palpable yeah. and the other thing is roger was just clearly so incredibly nervous about what what was going on so what i really liked about nationals park is the willingness to acknowledge the history that baseball has brought to this country it may be because they don't have enough history of themselves to really show off yet but i'll tell you talking to a lot of the fans of the stadium i, I noticed that there's a lot of transplants and a lot of people aren't really from D.C. that live in D.C. And you got a lot of staffers from Capitol Hill or, or, you know, that work in politics that after a long day, they like to go catch a game. So they represent states from all around the country. So in representing basically baseball as opposed to Nationals baseball, I think that eventually the Nationals part can become a great meeting place for fans of any allegiance. The game itself was an incredible experience. The stadium no longer rocks the way it did at RFK, but the fans get just as crazy. For the second time in five games, the home team won in walk-off fashion. I'm beginning to think I'm a little bit of good luck for these home club, hometown teams. Hopefully this luck continues as my tour moves on. Before and after the game, there's a place called the bullpen, which is located directly outside of the stadium that is set up with a concert stage and bars and food. And it's got uh, all these sorts of tailgating games uh, set up for for the fans and someplace that I really highly recommend for you to go and, and hang out in before or after the game. Inside the stadium, as much as I love a day game normally, when the sun went down, that's when this park really shines. It's truly a gorgeous gorgeous park and you can walk around the concourse and you can never miss a pitch basically as you walk around you always got sight lines to see the field this was the first game that i actually went with a friend as opposed to going by myself and as i'm sure you all know that is a radically different experience uh, normally when i go by myself i tend to really bond with the people around me in my section and and chat with them throughout the game but when you go with a friend you tend to just kind of focus on that one person I honestly didn't know if I would enjoy the situation more by myself or with someone else. I've gone to games with friends quite a bit or family members or just other people. But honestly, there's something communal about going to a game by yourself, you know, very just isolated. But then by the end of it, you've become a part of this whole larger community. You're kind of cut off from that when you go with somebody else. Uh, I'll be back to going by myself for the next couple of games. So I'll, I'll compare to see exactly how that's going to feel. But it's just something I wanted to mention, that going to a ball game by yourself versus with other people, it truly is a different type of experience. So with that, I'm going to lead you into an interview here that I did with a man named John that I met and his friend Stacy. 
They have two very different ideas of what it's like to come to a ballpark and also what it's like to come and see a game at Nationals Park. So I hope you enjoy my chat with John and Stacy. So I'm standing here inside of Nationals Park with John, and John has been a, uh, I guess I would say a lifelong Nationals slash Senators fan. Yeah. Washington baseball fan. Thanks right. for uh, talking to me for a couple minutes here. You're very, very happy to talk to you. So tell me then, what was your first memory of uh, watching the Senators play ball? Uh, Ted Williams is still like, I was what, seven, six or seven years old, and I can still think about like Ted Williams being the manager and everyone talking about Ted Williams. and. I mean, that's, it was, I was so young, that was the big deal. That was what everyone was talking, watching it. If you were a, if you were a sports fan in D.C., it was like Sonny and Billy, and you had Washington football, the Redskins football going on, and, and the quarterback controversy. But there was like Ted Williams. He was as big a star as anyone to come to uh, Washington sports scene. We had Vince Lombardi in 69. We had like... Um, bring Sonny Jurgensen here and, and do the Redskins things. But when Ted Williams came around that same time, we are like, whoa, we got something going. So were you able to catch any games at Griffith Park? No, no, that's way before. It was all at D.C. State, and that was way before I was born. Okay, I'm not sure when that went. When, when did Griffith Park that, go down? Uh, I guess uh, D.C. Stadium. RFK was called D.C. Stadium before. So D.C. Stadium was built sometimes, I think, in the 60s or something like that. So I don't, I don't actually know exactly. Oh, that's fine. So, but did you get a chance to catch games there? At RFK? Yeah, yeah. Which was, yeah, when it was RFK, definitely. Okay, so what was your, kind of your favorite uh, experience at RFK? Yeah, I mean, you're so young. You're just like, it's just being out there in the ballpark, you know? It's just, in, what, what I love about this is that the Nationals have taken on the Senators' colors and the curly W and all that. So... You, re- you respond to that like it's like a brand loyalty or something. As you're well, saying. what did you do when the Senators left? What did you do as far as being a baseball fan? Or- Orioles. We took up the Orioles. We never really were fans, but when we wanted to go watch baseball, you went to Baltimore. And when I was 16 years old, I got a driver's As soon as I got a driver's license, we'd drive out to Memorial Stadium. And, I mean, I knew, you know, it was Eddie Murray, Cal Ripken, Al Bunbury played center field. You got Lowenstein and, and Renneke playing the outfield. So I knew all the Orioles. I knew, you know, Earl Weaver and that whole deal. So you, 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 if you were a fan of baseball, you adopted the Orioles. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, that, I was tell- the thing was, here's what ha- for me, here's what happened to me. So in 94, the strike happens, and I give up on baseball. Like, no World Series. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to invest this much more and, and you know if you have to drive all the way out to Baltimore from here it's easy to do that so Cal Ripken does this thing and you get sucked back in you're like oh my god you know I gotta get be a baseball fan this is amazing right so you get sucked back in like 96 97 right so Angelos owner of the Orioles at the time then he fires Davey Johnson and we're like what are you doing we love this guy what are you doing so then it was like I'm done again I'm done. So I didn't. I didn't really follow baseball. And then 2005, we get a team. I mean, I went. I went up to Cooperstown in 2002, and I had a Senators hat. I got an old Senators hat there, and I was like, you know, they were really talking strong about us having a team. And Angelos was fighting it so hard. And I mean, you know, he owns our TV rights and everything. So when he was fighting, it was like I can't. I can't go up there because I'm supporting the enemy. They won't let us have a team. So now, after this last week, 
and we've got a great series with Orioles and Nationals. It's great. I took my daughter here. We're out here on Memorial Day. You know, you got a good crosstown rivalry, and you know, you and I'm joking around with the Orioles because I know everything about them. And you know, they're joking back. And then this guy, he's from Centerville, Virginia. He's like, no, this is my. Orioles are my team, and this is my home stadium. And I'm like, how does that work for you, man? How does it work for you? So, so how you were telling me also earlier about how what's unique about this place is that there are so many you know visiting fans, and you guys are very welcoming yeah. to other teams. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, no, I mean, you love all fans except for Philly fans can be a little obnoxious. So that's that 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 rumor is true. But however, you know, I'm a season ticket holder here, and what I like about here is that I've had. I've stood out here in center field and watched, and you get a good vantage point of the pitching from center field on the second level. And I sit out here with fans from other teams, and we sit here and we talk, and we, it's intelligent. You learn more, you know. You, you, you've uh, fans from St. Louis, fans from Cincinnati, fans from Atlanta. They know baseball, and they they've grown up with it. So it's it's fun to sit and talk with them. There's people in Washington D.C. Very rarely, I was, I, I, my family's from Georgia. They moved up here when I was three or four years old. My daughter is born here and she's raised here. So most people from, who live in Washington, D.C. are from somewhere else. No, absolutely. So you can't really blame them if their team comes to town and they're gonna put on, you know, their Tigers or their Indians or their whatever, Dodgers or gear and come to the game. And it turns out it's always, the, you know, it's like, you've got to accept that. The same way you, ex if you go walking on the National Mall, you accept people from other parts of the city enjoying the National Monuments or whatever, so. And then one last question. So what is your favorite experience here at the new Nationals Park? The, um, you know, like, so I'm tempted to say the Jason Worth walk-off home run, but that game fives, like sting so bad that I can't even go there. I'm gonna have to say opening day this year, Bryce Harper hits two home runs, Steven Strasburg pitches like 80 pitches and they won. I mean, opening day this year. Uh, and then, it's been a tough season for us, but opening day this year. It's a long season. There's still a yeah. long ways to go. I think you'll be right. And you're with uh, Stacy here. And Stacy, I'm sorry, I am going to ask you. You say you're not really a baseball fan, but you come to a lot of games. I need to hear what is it about the ballpark that brings you out, even though you're not really a big baseball fan? Um, <laughs> uh, I really just come for social reasons. So even if you're not from D.C., uh, you have a lot of fans. They're coming from other cities. They are kind of, I guess, I guess just, DC's a very social town, so they know that Redskins games, Nationals games, hockey, I forget who our hockey team is at the moment. <laughs> I'm not really a sports fan. Right, the Capitals, yes. Um, it's really, I mean, it, there's a big social scene here, so unfortunately, I'm born and raised here, I'm a third generation Washingtonian, but I'm not that avid, avid of a sports fan. But I do appreciate kind of the whole home, team spirit vibe and everyone kind of buys into it even if they're from another city no that's what i love about baseball yeah. this is a very welcoming environment and i just love the fact that you're buying a ticket you're here maybe one day it'll rub off on you and you'll love baseball as much as i and john do yes i have wonderful people who are always here and willing to teach me about what's going on i don't necessarily retain the information or once i grasp it the team changes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that tends to happen a little i bit. think what's been messing me up this year is the whole there's a zimmerman Pitcher and a Zimmerman, I don't know, some other kind of Zimmerman, and then I unfortunately got it mixed up with the other Trayvon Martin Zimmerman at one oh, point. No. <laughs> 
So yeah, okay. I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> Very confused a lot. And then I just realized, you know what? Why don't I just grab a hot dog and some beer and just sit it down? That's all right. Well, hopefully we'll have a good game today and you'll enjoy yourself. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. <laughs> So there you have my chat with John and Stacy, and I wanted to comment on a couple of things that were brought up there, uh, namely the first one being that this is now the second team that has brought up Philly fans. Uh, there was Brian in New York and now John here in D.C. who have had a couple of choice words for the fans of the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, I got to say, I've attended quite a few games in different sports arenas in Philadelphia. And sure, there's an intensity to those fans, but I've also met some incredibly awesome people in the city of Philadelphia. Now, sadly, I'm not going to be able to catch a Phillies game until close to the end of this tour. So I have a feeling that the Phillies fans are going to get beat up a little bit more before I get a chance to catch a game at their new ballpark. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to get them some redemption when I catch a game at Citizens Bank Park. The other thing that I wanted to mention was what Stacy had said there at the end of the chat about how she's not really a sports fan. You know, here's someone who has bought a ticket, come to a game, which apparently she does quite often, but use it as a way to socialize with people and have a good time. I am aware that I am a baseball nerd on a kind of crazy obsessive level. I mean, the fact that I have decided to do this 95-day, 15,000-mile trek kind of proves that there's something maybe a little bit wrong with me. I never expect other people to be as intense about baseball as I am. I love meeting people who are as intense or more intense than me, but I don't expect it out of my friends and family. In fact, nothing breaks my heart more than when someone apologizes to me for not liking baseball. I'll never understand that. I have friends of mine that are into food or are into fantasy or, or science fiction or you know, any number of things that I really have no interest in. But at the end of the day, when I talk to them, I love hearing about their passions. I don't expect them to be baseball fans. In fact, I don't like to talk baseball with them. I like to talk about the things that make them really excited. Hearing about what you're passionate about is what life's all about to me. You know, if we were all obsessed with baseball, this would get kind of boring. You know, my hope with this podcast is that not only will baseball nerds be able to enjoy this, but for those of you out there who may not necessarily be fans of the game, there is something truly beautiful about the community that is built in a baseball stadium. You may not be interested in learning how to properly turn a double play or even what it's like to hit a major league fastball, but that's all right because people like Stacy, they come out to the ballpark and they still have a really wonderful time. If you've never been to a game, you honestly don't know what you're missing. I'm not even talking about the play in the field. I'm just talking about the camaraderie that you find inside of a park. As I continue on this tour and I hopefully meet more people, maybe you'll be able to understand exactly how close and, and welcoming this community really is. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Rounding Third MJ on Twitter. Check out the website at roundingthird.net. Uh, shoot me an email at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, next up is going to be, I got to think here, uh, it is going to be Tropicana Field. Oh, I'm heading to Tampa Bay next. So I'm heading south. My next trek is going to be a 14-hour drive. So this is my first big chunk of driving. So uh, hopefully things work out well for me. I had an absolutely lovely time at Nationalist Park. I met some really knowledgeable baseball fans and really just met some great people. 
That's four stadiums down, 26 more to go. So join me next time as I continue rounding third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.